The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents a 25th Silver Anniversary College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, here's your host, Phil Houck. Coach Kelly, what are you going to do about your quarterback situation? Clearly, we can't continue down this road of who's the flavor of the week here. You know, we're going to have to we're going to have to sit down and figure this out, right? And um, and decide which direction we want to go. Uh, thank you, thank you, Brian. Greetings, everyone. I'm your host, Phil Hauk, and now to help you make that decision, Brian Kelly, let's play the game that everyone in Notre Dame Nation loves. It's every Notre Dame fan's favorite game show. Who should play quarterback? Okay, our rules here are simple. This is a democracy, so majority makes the call as determined by audience reaction. All right, audience, now now listen closely. Now, because in just a few moments, Brian Kelly will know who should play quarterback. First up, a veteran from Long Island, New York, transferred in from Wisconsin, big game experience, leadership skills, downfield capability, but can't escape the pocket and has been sacked early and often behind Notre Dame's porous offensive line. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Cone. Next up, the youngster, a four-star recruit with lots of raw athletic ability, has seen some action, but is just starting to understand the offense. So far this season has been used almost exclusively to run the football. And while under pressure last week, he threw a very costly interception. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler Buckner. And next up, our final contestant. In his second year at Notre Dame, he has some mobility. He can throw on the run. He is confident and exudes leadership. Against Wisconsin, he sparked the team in the fourth quarter. Last week, he led the team on two touchdown drives during a comeback that fell short. His teammates love him. Ladies and gentlemen, the pride of New Canaan, Connecticut, Drew Pine. We have a winner. Ladies and gentlemen, it sounds like the Drew Pine era shall begin. Ride the pine, baby, because it just may be pine time. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Phil Hauken. Until next time, and I can guarantee you there will be a next time, this has been Who Should Play Quarterback? Brian Kelly hasn't announced his decision, but if it's up to the fans, it would be Drew Pine, 5'11", 200-pounder out of New Canaan, Connecticut, in just his second year in the program. He has provided a spark, but then again, Brian Kelly's decision, it's still a secret. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Raise the bar with only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. This is Fighting Irish Preview. 
The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Shearer McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Shearer McCulloch comes in with a full service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Shearer McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Shearer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Shearer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Shearer McCulloch. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. This is Art Salzburg. Congratulations, Phil and Tim, on 25 years of Fighting Irish Preview. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. Well, Tim Priester, all good things come to an end, I guess. Uh, you know, we could kind of see it coming as close as the games had been to this point of the season and, and a couple of uh, nail-biting escapes. Uh, but it, it didn't have to because it was first-half mistakes by the Irish that really sealed their fate last week. Three turnovers in the first half, uh, sputtering offense. Yeah, it added up to a 17 to nothing deficit at halftime, and the defense didn't do its job at the end of the half and gave up a quick, long touchdown drive. The difference between 10 nothing and 17 nothing at halftime of a game like that is significant. But Cincinnati was a better team. I think we said last week that if Notre Dame didn't play well, Cincinnati would beat them. I object to all the commentary that came out of the game that Cincinnati's not very good. Cincinnati's a good football team. I mean, I, I, I could name eight players that would be starting on this current Notre Dame team uh, because that is a veteran Cincinnati team. So I don't want to take anything away from Cincinnati because I know they're a good football team. Notre Dame was not. And um, so now they got to find a way to try to come out of this coming weekend on the road to Virginia Tech at five and one. You know, I I also want to talk a little bit about the uh, the fan support that we saw in the stadium, uh, not only in the stadium but leading up social media. It seems like 
Cincinnati really harbors a grudge against Notre Dame uh, for having taken Brian Kelly from them 12 years ago. And I, I was particularly taken back pregame, and it looked like there was probably 20,000, I would guess, uh, red-clad uh, fans in the stadium, which is a, obviously a big contingent. They were noisy. And the victory march for Notre Dame and the pregame festivities right after the national anthem and uh, America the Beautiful is announced by the greatest of all victory marches now. And the Notre Dame band steps off and uh, you hear a chorus very loud of boos coming from the Cincinnati section. Uh, do you think that this deep-seated emotion maybe spilled over to the team and they just wanted it more than Notre Dame? Well, I think they're extremely well coached, and it was the biggest game in school history at Cincinnati. I, I, I don't even think you can say anything comes close to it, maybe except for Georgia, um, you know, last year. Um, you know, I, for, I, I don't know how to count fans in the stadium. I don't think it was close to 20,000 myself. I think it was more in the ten or 12,000 range. But be that as, as it may, they traveled well. They were uh, a loud crowd. The three turnovers in the first half certainly – help get them stoked. And if you think Cincinnati fans hate Notre Dame because of Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman and Mike Mickens, wait till they take Luke Fickle a few years from now. (laughs) (laughs) That just may happen because Luke Fickle certainly uh, looks like he is an outstanding football coach who would be a viable candidate. Uh, All right, let's get right into the the next story of the week. And, of course, that's the quarterback situation. Brian Kelly has played at Coy all week. I would say early in the week or right after the game, I was certain Drew Pine was the guy. Right now, I don't know who the guy is. Tell us, uh, Tim Priester, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Well, I think it'll be Jack Cohn based upon what he said late in the week. Uh, It was a question that I actually asked him about how you make a decision between, you know, the veteran uh, 23 game starter on the road that's uh, struggled versus, you know, the, the young player that's given you a spark, but has not started a game before. And his response to just to paraphrase was that um, I, I shouldn't say he didn't declare who the starter was, but we are assuming that it will be Jack Cohn this week. I understand where he's coming from, uh, to put a first time starter in the lane stadium is difficult to do all that. I think the only thing that I think is in order is if, if Jack Cohn struggles uh, at Virginia tech to be ready to put drew pine in, not in the second half, not after Tyler Buckley has been in, but when the game is still in doubt, when you still have an opportunity to win the football game. He's got to make that call. And of course uh, on the broadcast last week, drew Brees kept, stating early in the game that he thought it was pine time much earlier than it became pine time for Brian Kelly. It didn't happen until the third quarter. Uh, Drew Brees is new to the NBC broadcast this year. What do you think of him as an analyst? Because I think he's been excellent. I think he's done a really, really solid job when it's time for him to step out and and, uh, express his opinion. As you mentioned, with the quarterback situation, he doesn't hesitate to do it. I think he's I think he's done a really, really fine job. I was concerned that after the Purdue game that the Notre Dame fans would turn on him thinking that he was too biased toward Purdue, but he appeared to have survived that. I think he's doing a fine job for a guy that's not, you know, that does not have a a deep background in this. He's doing a pretty darn good job. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Any guy who has thrown for, what is it, 80,000 yards in the NFL, he has credibility with me. Uh, Offensive line, uh, I thought protected a little better last week, Tim. Uh, 
They only gave up two sacks. That's that's some progress. Now, Tim, you wrote a tremendous article this week on Indy's offensive line issues. It's called Delving Deep into Notre Dame's Offensive Line Play. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if you want to become a smarter fan, you should go to irishillustrated.com and read this article. Uh, in the summary of that article, you pinpointed five problems, and I'm going to go down them one at a time and, and you know, just elaborate a bit on them and name some names if, 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 if you want to. Uh, the first thing you, you pinpointed, there are problems that aren't being corrected, and I think that comes down to coaching. It definitely comes down to coaching. Uh, the, the word that we have consistently gotten um, with regard to the offensive line play is that when <clears throat> when they're struggling and then, you know, offensive line comes to the sideline and is looking for solutions to the issues, the solutions to the issues aren't there. Now, it's not as easy as just pressing a button, but you have to know how to correct mistakes. I don't think think that that's happening uh, with Nordheim's offensive line. That's a problem. Uh, you you referred to as uh, point number two as a problem is tentative play. What does that mean? They're, they don't play with any confidence. I, I don't believe for a second that this team is lacking strength on the offensive line. You have a six-year senior, a fifth-year senior, a, a, a veteran senior, and a redshirt sophomore starting. Um, and I, I don't believe that strength is an issue. The reason Nordane's 47 and nine or a big reason Nordane's 47 and nine since 2017 is Matt Bayless and his strength and conditioning part. And so it's not that it's tentative play when, when offensive linemen, when athletes in general, when they don't move their feet, when they're inactive, it's a sign of, of, um, lacking confidence and just a, a great deal of uncertainty in what needs to be done next. All right. Third point, physical limitations at some positions. Well, Zeke Carell can't play left guard. He's too small. He's He hasn't been able to. He was up to near 300 pounds this summer. I'm told that he's in the 280s now. He just can't hold weight. Caden Madden laterally can't play the, the right guard position or can't handle outside zone, which is a big part of what Tommy Reese wants to do with his offense. So, I mean, those, the, those, those are really the two best examples that the, the offensive guards are not physically capable of executing at a high level. Improperly aligned personnel. And that to me just sounds really, really bad for a, well, I, you know, we, we thought, we thought that the best usage, and again, this is, you know, this is sports writers on the outside speculating, but we thought the best usage and placement of talent was to keep Corral at center and to put Patterson at guard uh, Patterson, um, not surprisingly, would would have wanted to be preferred to play center or tackle. Um, and when the coaching staff considered that, they kept them at, at center. Uh, and I and I just think that that you know that's kind of slight now because you're, they're they're not performing as a group. They're not performing individually. Um, but we thought that that was the better alignment and the better way to kind of conceal. Uh, a lack of uh, a lack of size with Zeke Corral. Yeah, and I would point out that those are really issues that uh, Irish Illustrated has been, and we've talked on this program really since the beginning of the season. You've been talking about it since last spring on Irish Illustrated. Uh, the last point you made, I think, is kind of self-explanatory, and that's injuries. And certainly four different left tackles has been a problem, and those injuries hopefully will start to heal. But one last question about the offensive line, and I think what you've said here, Tim, and after and after reading myself that, that 
that great article. Would you expect offensive line coach Jeff Quinn to be back next season? Brian Kelly and Jeff Quinn go back a long way, but ultimately, um, Irish, Illustri- Irish Illustrated believes that uh, that the offensive line coach Jeff Quinn and the wide receiver coach Dell Alexander will be uh, changed at the end of the season. Okay, well that's that's something to look for. Usually, there are at least one or two changes after the season. Of course, back in the Lou Holtz year, it was like clockwork. You would have three coaches or or more sometimes that would go, uh, but those are two changes that you can look for after this season. The defense, Tim, I thought overall, you know, really two two touchdown drives they gave up, but that's against a pretty good Cincinnati team. But other than that, the, the, the defense, I thought, played pretty well. Uh, Cam Hart uh, almost had a pick six. There's a guy who's really trending up. We talked about him last week. Another guy I'd like you to comment on, though, is uh, Isaiah Pryor, and he – Tied for the lead in the game with six tackles with J.D. Bertrand. Transfer from Ohio State, he's really found a role and he's playing well. He really has found a niche, or I should say Marcus Freeman has found a niche for him. You know, he was a highly rated safety coming out of high school, just didn't play well enough in space to stay at that position. They moved him closer to the line of scrimmage. And I tell you what, he can get downhill. You talk about downhill linebackers Isaiah Pryor is one of those and he's he's been really really impactful he's this explosive uh decent sized kid coming off the edge he's done a really nice job and Cam Cam Hart is in the process of becoming a star uh cornerback he's got great length the last two games he's been outstanding where he's really anticipated and read the opposing offense and um He's been outstanding, and he's still very new to the position. The uh, defense, folks, continues to trend up, and I thought they played well last week. And Cam Hart and Isaiah Pryor are two of the players that are reasons why that defense is doing well. Tim, along those lines, though, let's talk just one question about Cincinnati personnel. How good is Desmond Ritter? Does he have NFL skills? I think he has NFL skills. I I have some doubts about first-round draft choice, which a lot of people have been saying, and yet we all know that NFL teams reach for quarterbacks all the time. This is a guy at 6'4", 215. He can, he can wing it downfield. I don't – what makes me hesitate is that I don't think that he's first-round accurate. But, again, the NFL takes a lot of chances with quarterbacks in the first round. Out of necessity, I understand that they do. But he definitely is, is a um, – uh, upper round draft choice who has a chance because he's got he's got arm um he has a a, a lot of abilities a smart quarterback uh, i really like him i really like yeah. him he'd be starting for Dame this year that's that's one of the eight players that i said that uh, would be starting from cincinnati starting on the Notre Dame team in 2021. Well, and I think after four years as a starter at Cincinnati, a lot of Cincinnati opponents are sure going to be glad to see him go to the NFL because, uh, you know, he's rounded out, particularly this year, he's rounded out his game by being able to throw the long ball better. And uh, he put his money where his mouth was uh, by silencing the crowd at Notre Dame. Uh, Tim, the Irish now four and one. You made a provocative statement to me down to the uh, on the field at the end of last week's game, and I'm not going to hold you to it. But I've heard you talk about it this week on your podcast. So, what's your prognostication for the rest of the season? And part of your statement to me had to do with your thought that Drew Pine would be starting the rest of the season, but that may not happen. Go ahead. Well, that's I, I've got the ultimate caveat there. I said the Notre Dame would win the rest of their games, and and I felt that 
because at the time you're thinking, okay, they're going to hand the reins over to Drew Pine. Not that Drew Pine is ready to be a star, but I think that he would stabilize the position, or at least that was certainly the feeling right after the game. And I think the defense is getting better, except for a couple lapses uh, here and there. So I felt strongly about that. As I said, my out uh, could could be one starting assignment away uh, from giving me that out. But uh, no, I mean, that was said with the whole idea of Drew Pine rallying this team, being a leader on the team and giving them stability at quarterback. It's going to be a little bit more difficult than that, even with him, obviously, um, especially going on the road at Virginia Tech this week, a talented team, an athletic team, and one that that likely uh, feels very strongly about their opportunity against Notre Dame this weekend. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your guess for the rest of the season? Where were we going to end this? I mean, I you know, if he's not the quarterback, then I'm then I'm rescinding my prediction on that. And besides, I shouldn't even say that regardless, because predicting football games beyond one at a time is really pretty silly. It's such a physical game with so many changes. We don't know for sure if Michael Mayer is playing this weekend. Uh, how am I going to predict how good they're going to be? You know, four weeks from now. So um, I think they've got a chance to win this weekend. I like their chances better uh, with, with Drew Pine, but that would be Drew Pine's first career start, which is a huge ask uh, of a young player. First start in a real difficult place to play. Uh, this schedule does become more manageable this week, but we got to take them one week at a time. I think this group is headed to at least 10 and 2 would be my guess. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero. Key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 360th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Notre Dame has won 20 consecutive games against ACC opponents, 15 of those by 10 or more points. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the Irish visit Virginia Tech this week. TV coverage on the ACC Network starts at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time. And if you don't get the ACC Network, but do know how to stream content, do an online search, you can get it, and you should be able to find yourself a free trial. I know that's what I'll be doing. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. And this year, in honor of 25 years on the air, we are focusing on the great running backs of the Fighting Irish preview years, the last quarter century. And so far this season, we have honored Autry Denson, Julius Jones, Ryan Grant, and Darius Walker. This week, Armando Allen. Out of Hialeah, Florida, Armando Allen was considered to be the number 
two overall all-purpose running back in the nation coming out of high school, despite the fact that he had broken his leg and was unable to even play his senior year of high school. Injuries ultimately became a theme during his Notre Dame career, but Allen did manage to lead the Irish in all-purpose yards as a freshman and in rushing his sophomore and junior seasons. He was equally adept at catching the football as well as running it. In 2008, he put up the most complete year he had when he caught 50 passes and rushed 134 times, totaling 940 rushing, receiving yards, and five touchdowns. He nearly duplicated those numbers as a junior, totaling 913 yards and three TDs, despite missing four games due to injury. In his senior year, Allen scored the first TD of the Brian Kelly era in Brian Kelly's first game against Purdue, and for that season, he went on to total another 652 yards from scrimmage, again, despite missing four more games to injury. He had a short career with the Chicago Bears, and then he went into coaching. He is currently the running backs coach and recruiting coordinator under another all-time Irish hero from a few weeks back, Autry Denson at Charleston Southern. Tim Armando Allen showed flashes of the potential he had shown in high school, but injuries during that senior year of high school continued at Notre Dame. Nonetheless, he goes down in Notre Dame history with 4,337 all-purpose yards, fifth most in school history. You know, I thought Irish Illustrated, uh, and even prior to being with Irish Illustrated, we did film reviews. I thought Armando Armando Allen coming out of high school was an incredible talent. Then he suffered that injury um, in his senior year of high school. And he really was never the same. By the time he was in senior better, he was coming along. Uh, But we didn't see Armando Allen, but he was still productive in Notre Dame. But I truly think that a healthy Armando Allen coming out of high school could have been one of Notre Dame's all-time greats. And as you said, as it is, he's still fifth all-time in all-purpose yardage. Yeah, that ain't too bad. Uh, you know, as further evidence of his versatility, you know, which goes along with him being a leader in all-purpose yardage, Allen threw the halfback option pass three times during his ND career. He completed all three, including one that went for a touchdown, resulting in his collegiate passer rating for his career of 260.4. Armando Allen another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Virginia Tech is 3-1. and one. Like half the teams on Notre Dame's schedule, the Hokies had last week off to help them to prepare. They own a win over North Carolina, 17-10 in Week 1, and their loss came to West Virginia, 27-21. In their last game, they defeated Richmond, 21-10. This year's Hokie team has mostly struggled on offense, but has played some pretty good defense. 6'1", 205 dual-threat junior Braxton Burmeister is the trigger man. He's completing 61% of his passes and has thrown five touchdown passes and one interception. And Burmeister will run, and he has a lot of speed. He has, he has run 44 times this year, gaining a net of 140 yards. He's been sacked 10 times. Jalen Holston and Raheem Blackshear share the load in the backfield. Brian Kelly singled out Blackshear this week as being an impressive running back. He's averaging 3.8 yards per carry and has also caught 10 passes and has scored three times. Trey Turner and Tavion Robinson are the top options at receiver. Turner has earned the nickname Big Play Trey. He has 16 catches, good for 250 yards and a score. Robinson has 14 catches and two scores and also has 
a 60-yard punt return touchdown to his credit. Look for both of those guys to get involved in the rushing game as well. They have combined for nine carries and 51 yards on the ground. Overall, the Hokies are only producing 329.5 yards of offense per game. That ranks them 115th nationally. And they're scoring 23.5 points per game. That's 100th in the nation. The Hokies historically have had a reputation for playing pretty good defense, and this year has not been an exception. They still run the 4-2-5 scheme made famous for many years by now-retired defensive coordinator Bud Foster, and it is still working to this point of the season. They are allowing just 15.2 points per game, 11th best in the country. Junior linebacker Dax Hallfield has been outstanding. 30 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss and three sacks. Also keep an eye on cornerback Jermaine Waller, who has three interceptions on the year, and defensive end Amari Barno. The intangibles, Tim, would seem to be about even here. Uh, Lane Stadium may be the reason that Jack Cohn is probably going to get the start because Drew Pine may have struggled with all that noise. But I expect the Irish to play with an added sense of urgency this week coming off last week. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen mortgage key to an Irish victory? I'm going to focus on the quarterbacks. Burmeister is dangerous. I mean, he's considered the fastest guy on their team, and he's dangerous. And this is really kind of comparable to what I said about Desmond Ritter last week. Because when he's uh, protected, he's completing 70% of his passes. When he's under duress, it's 31%. So keep him in the pocket. Don't let him get outside. And then Jack Cohn, Notre Dame has to find a way to avoid sacks. He was only sacked twice last week, which is a start. And I've seen West Virginia run the football a little bit against Virginia Tech. So the focus is on the quarterbacks, and it has to fall Notre Dame's way. Okay. Uh, keep Burmeister in the pocket. Uh, that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? I didn't think I was going to choose this player, Phil, but I'm going to because I do believe that uh, Brian Kelly's a pretty decent coach and knows what he's talking about and has reasons behind his decision-making. So my pick to click for the week is Jack Cohn. I think if he gets protection, the whole idea is that they control the football against Virginia Tech. Um, I th- think if they can protect him and he can avoid some of the silly mistakes like the the, the interception early in the game, he can have a big game uh, in Lane Stadium against Virginia Tech. Well, they've got to protect him, like you said, uh, but he sure looked good on the first drive last week until the very end. Jack Cohn is your Aspen Mortgage key player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 21 Indiana locations. Uh, Tim, where do the Irish stand health-wise this week? Lots of new names kind of popping up here and hopefully popping off that list. Well, popping off the list back in the lineup is Kurt Heinisch at nose tackle, and so that's uh, really important having missed him the last two games. Joe Wilkins, one of the backup receivers, tore an MCL, so he will be out for the year. But Nordin needs their offensive lineman back, Carmody and Baker. Baker's been cleared. He was in concussion protocol. Carmody really hasn't been healthy for about four weeks now, um, so he should be rounding back into form. Michael Mayer, we saw him limping around the field last week. Hopefully he can answer the call for Notre Dame. And Jason Adam Malola was not on the field at the end of the game, uh, perhaps because of an injury. So we'll see. That's key. As key as it was not having Kurt Heinisch. 
not having Jason Adam Alola would be a blow to Notre Dame against Virginia Tech. Okay, that would be a blow, and if they would miss Michael Mayer, that would be doubly so. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report, and it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction brought to you by Polypro. Beautiful lifetime warranty garage floors in one day. Check them out at polyprofloors.com. My wife and I love our polypro floor. Look them up on Facebook or go to polyprofloors.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by one point. What does America's foremost authority say? I think Virginia Tech has a more difficult time scoring in this game than Notre Dame. And uh, neither one's going to score a whole lot. I think it's a low-scoring football game. Um, but Nordame is going to be able to pass the football. I think Virginia Tech, Burmeister's the key. Again, they need to con- contain him. There are a bunch of athletes for Virginia Tech on both sides of the football. Receiver, a running back, I like their secondary, but I don't think the sum of their parts is as good as the individual parts. And I think that Brian Kelly is a better football coach and will outcoach Justin Fuente. The same way Luke Fickle outcoached Brian Kelly last week. I have a score of 23-20 in favor of Notre Dame. 23-20 in favor of the Irish. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. Tim, the Hokies are, are likely to get the better of Notre Dame's struggling offensive line, but if they can just get enough protection for Jack Cohn, I think Jack Cohn can complete some passes down the field. Michael Mayer is going to be critical. I think he, he needs to play in this game and play effectively, and I think he can create some great mismatches up against uh, the linebackers for Virginia Tech. Uh, defensively, the Irish, I think, also match up well there and, and could see some success so long as, as you said, keep Burmeister bottled up in the pocket. And the final thing that I, I'm looking for is Jonathan Dorr, I sense, is going to need to have a perfect day. I'm going to go with Notre Dame 19 Virginia Tech, 14. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.